This podcast is sponsored by Kulabula, creators of websites, animation, and digital art. To get a 10% discount, go to kulabula.com and put in the discount code MEDITATION. Welcome to the Meditation Podcast. You can find all our episodes on meditationpodcast.org. Uh, I also have the Awakening Podcast, this Polish podcast, and the Speaking Podcast, and the new Crypto Podcast, and all can be found on rightcolin.com. Today, my guest is into breathwork and relaxation. Please welcome Anna. I, I, I don't want to do it misjustice by your surname, so you might tell me the full name, please. My name is Anna Goff. I, it often gets pronounced, you know, disastrously. And I thought actually when I when I got married that my maiden name um, was gone because my maiden name is Kratochville, which is K-R-A-T-O-C-H-V-I-L-L-E. Um, and so you can imagine all the stuff I got at school thrown at me, you know, because my dad actually shortened it when we moved here to Kratoville. So it would sound a bit more you know, aesthetically pleasing or easier for people to pronounce. So, you know, people were throwing peas in where the tea was. So I'll leave that to your imagination. Um, and then I thought, well, I'm getting married. You know, it's going to be a really easy surname, but people still sort of go, you know, is it cough, goch, you know, or go, go, go. I get go a lot. But anyway, Anna Goff of the Breathing Tree. It's lovely to be here. I actually get the same with my name because mine kind of looks like Coughlin and people say is it Coughlin, but it's pronounced in my city, Colin, but Coughlin somewhere else. So, yeah, a lot of people yeah. uh, struggle with our surnames. Yeah, I like that though. So yeah. you, you might tell me uh, your journey because I know you've got into the breathwork and how you got around that. I mean, it's a long journey. You know, I think it begins from sort of the day I was born, really. I, I, my mum always said to me, you know, I was born a wise little soul who, you know, and sort of condense it. I'm I'm a, a real empath. So for people who don't really know, they know what empathy is. But I think when you're you're an empath, you feel things in a much more um, enhanced way to, let's say, the norm. I don't like to use the word normal because none of us are normal. So I pick up on energy very much. So which means that, you know, when I have, you know, joy, I feel it immensely. When I feel love, I feel it very deeply. When I feel pain, I feel it very, very deeply. And I've not had the smoothest of paths since I was born. And, you know, as much as I love my parents deeply and I have a good relationship with them, you know, I've had to do a lot of therapy to work through a lot of my things from my upbringing. My parents both uh, between them had nine marriages um there were six children that were sort of scattered between all these marriages going on so life was pretty chaotic so you can imagine i was born very quite serious trying to be the fixer trying to get attention and you know i found a way to sort of manage my emotions by being that fixer and being the person to get attention by behaving and being good so i spent many of my probably years where you should be a bit rebellious and be having fun and being a bit cheeky and lippy to your parents, being the compliant people pleaser, you know, and then my mother left at 15. She went to live in America. She took my two younger siblings. My other siblings had all moved on. So I was sort of in a position where then I was having to go and live with my father who, you know, I didn't have a overly close relationship with. 
and feeling a sense of I'm not good enough. You know, why is my mum left? You know, and again, I will always reiterate, I love my mum dearly. They've had their own lessons to learn. So this isn't a, a platform for me to be able to go, I blame my parents for it. It certainly isn't. You know, they've had their own journey and it's really helped me understand their patterns of behaviour and their upbringing, you know, and it goes, you know, those patterns continue. So, and then I, I met my husband and... um you know, I was just sort of, I was floating through life, just knowing I was very sensitive, knowing I was very aware of people's energy and emotions and, and very intuitive. You know, I, I I would always feel my hairs go up if something wasn't right. And my husband's, you know, very successful sportsman. Our life got thrust into the public eye, which for me was hellish, if I'm honest. I'm a very private person. I then had a son. He was away in Australia on a big cricket tour. He played cricket for England at a very, you know, and he was very good. So it's sort of like a media storm of, you know, my husband's away nine months of the year. We've got a wonderful life materially. I've got a beautiful son, but my husband isn't here. And I was also living away from my family. So there was almost sort of a a mirror of my upbringing of I, I sort of felt even though he wasn't abandoning me you know at all I'm on my own again I'm having to survive on my own again um, and all these emotions were coming up for me that I wasn't really aware of but when I had my own child I wanted to give my children but I have two we have two sons everything that I never had so I probably overcompensated um, it's a very uh, common trait for someone who's probably not had that nurturing that they need growing up, that you either go one way or the other, you follow the same pattern or you're worse, or you go the other way and try and be the perfect parent. So for me, I was that, the latter, and I was utterly exhausted, you know, and then I had sort of the the pressure of, you know, the media and coming into the hospital to take pictures of me with my baby. And I found all of that, you know, when I use the word traumatic, you know, I'm not flushing that about easily. It was literally the women were being kicked out of their bedrooms and and moved off so people could come in and get pictures of me with my son and all I want to go ho- do is go home and back then you know I mean I'm I'm knocking on a bit you know back then we didn't have mobiles we couldn't do Skype we couldn't see each other like you and I now like it's like you and I are in the same room and we're connecting I was having to send a fax over to my husband in Australia and then all the media coming in to do pictures so for me and i truly believe that i've walked this earth before i I do you know i think this is a very spiritual space we're talking in here i i do i have uh feelings of nostalgia that aren't within my life now i can think things and then it's almost like a memory but actually it isn't in this present life i've done a lot of work with people who are very um experienced in past life regression they've all pretty much given me the same story and they're not connected at all. So there isn't where they could have all talked between each other. And I find all of that fascinating. So I'm still walking down that path to find out more. But I think because of that, I was just sort of this this modern life and this attention and this this sort of media storm was crippling. And then I ended up, you know, I'll be honest with you, I just, I broke, you know, it's like full breakdown mode full high anxiety not not really uh, it wasn't so much depression it was more so much anxiety I couldn't even lift up a piece of toast and eat a piece of toast I I just felt utterly exhausted because there was all of the patterns of my past you know the upbringing and 
things that were happening, you know, with my husband and his career and my sense of feeling very lost and disengaged from my own life. And where was my identity going now? Because everywhere I went, it was always talking about my husband. He's amazing. And, you know, you sort of get, you know, excuse me, can you just move out the way? And, and, you know, to a certain degree, you can, you can, I can cope with that, but it was just when you put all of these things together, eventually all of these things start adding on to you, to you as a human being. And I did, I cracked and I had two weeks in hospital. I'm not afraid to admit that. And I needed time out just to purely rest and give my time, my, my brain some time to almost recalibrate and reset because I was, I was driving on three thousand percent every day one to protect my children one to make sure i was being the perfect mother one to be the perfect wife because my husband was in the public eye one to look perfect one to be but you know it was all you've just you've got to just be perfect and then i just as years have passed covid came um don't we all know about it and i've been doing a lot you know so put all the therapy box together so i've done retreats i've done the hoffman process which was uh incredible um i've done joe dispenza uh one to you know sort of one-to-one -one, uh events you know intensive immersions with his with his stuff i've done a lot of this sort of really deep diving into you know what we are as human beings and actually we are made up so much more than our physical shell we are energy really and you know, I'm a big believer of what we put out, we get back. And so lots of work into that. But then there was still this disconnect within me. And I thought being an anxiety sufferer, my breathing, I'm very aware that even when you're not having a full blown panic attack, you're still, you know, you're shallow breathing into your chest quite a lot. And I've done all the conventional stuff, been at the doctors, you know, had lots of support with counsellors. And I just last year, I really immersed myself in Wim Hof and I was doing the whole cold water therapy, still do all of that, outdoor swimming. Um, my husband thinks I'm utterly bonkers um, going in a cold shower and I leave it on the cold setting for him especially so that he gets caught <laughs> out. <laughs> you know, I do have, a, you know, my inner child is still absolutely thriving with silliness. Thank, thank the Lord, I still have that. Um, and I just found this real connection to something that we have that actually we lose touch with when all of those things I've discussed and we all have a story we all have a back office story I call it as a baby we're born so pure and when you look at a you know a newborn baby breathing they breathe so beautifully and so softly and there's no real hesitancy or resistance to their breath you can almost be meditated by watching a baby breathe and you know but as life comes you know this happens that happens that happens that gradually our natural biology starts to be impacted by that and our mind and then the mind governs our whole system and you know i wanted to really sort of look into this deeper instead of taking a pill or you know talking about it with the doctor or you know spending thousands on retreats what actually let me have more faith in my body and research that a bit more instead of relying on other things. So did that. And then I, in the new year, um, took on the qualification and really enjoyed doing the whole process of learning about pranayama, which is, you know, like energy control through our breath, understanding the science behind it and, and 
it made me just so aware of how we breathe, how it impacts us. And by just bringing our mind back into our bodies, instead of, you know, sort of firing off and, and falling into that fight or flight process, which we're so often living in, and we're not being chased by a predator most of the time, but we are conditioned now because of these wonderful things as well. Um, we can never switch off. It's got its it's got its pluses, but my God, it's also got a lot of um, toxicity to it. I feel social media and phones and technology, and we are almost developing another addiction to something that is uh, way beyond us. So I wanted to strip everything back, and I've really built up a lovely connection. It's always going to be work in process in in progress, Roy. I'm not the the fixed article. I'm never going to pretend to be. I am a very complex character and I found this is something that is always going to be with me until the day that I decide to, you know, move up to another plane or onto another life, you know, when I take my last breath. And I say it is something that is always with us and it is something that is the most loyal to us throughout our lives is our breath and we take it for granted. So, you know, that's why I feel so in love with it now, instead of just going, well, it's automatic, you know, like a heart beating is automatic. Well, we need to look after our hearts as well. We look after our physical body and the way we look. Why are we not actually looking after the things that are mechanically keeping us alive inside that people don't see? But actually, without them, we're pretty much, you know, we're in trouble. We're screwed. So that's very detailed way of saying how I fell in love with breath work um trying all modalities and I think that is one thing that I love sharing with people is it's not where I've not had a life that's been untarnished you know everything's been joyous and I just flopped into breath work and thought oh this is cool you know this is the latest trend you know I'll use my my husband and get on a good platform and get no believe me I've walked the walk I've I've been knocked and, and I'm finding it truly embracing now and freeing because when I was going through those very, diff you know, when I went into hospital, we had to keep it quiet because back then, if that got out, that would have been all over the papers. That would have been everywhere and I would have been shamed. I would have been made to feel guilt and I was already feeling that myself. I was leaving two small children at home. So for me, it was a very difficult time leaving my kids, but an experience that was, it sounds really weird, one of the best experiences I've had in my life because I met some of the most beautiful people. It was a private small group who were lawyers, you know, huge business. You know, they were the, some of these people, you would just be like, how are you here? And that's what where I think all of these conversations are so helpful actually it doesn't pick or choose who it's going to actually land on you know it doesn't matter what house you're living in it doesn't matter what you might look like or what car you're driving you know don't let's stop looking at the external of somebody and if if and if they're sharing their story let's all be compassionate about that person and i don't know whether you felt this but there was very there was so much judgment i felt on me even through some of my nearest and dearest What's she got to worry about? You know, she's going to all these places, meeting all these fabulous people. She's in the limelight. She's driving a flash car. She's got that. I would have honestly, 
moved into a caravan and been happy with a veggie patch out my back garden to be at peace and just have normality. None of that meant anything. And I learned that a long time ago. And yes, it's lovely if you have it and you're happy and you're at peace, but it actually means naffle if you don't have peace in your mind. Absolutely. You know? What I find is, I mean, for me, it was a case of uh, I kind of lost everything through fraud of banks and everything, but I'm not afraid either. Like I just say it as it is. What I've noticed is as soon as you open up, no matter what it is, you find that there are so many people oh. have something. But if you don't say nothing, you will never no. know. But as soon as you put hold your cards up and say, this is me, this is what's happening to me, you yeah. hear loads go through similar. And don't you find as well, Roy, is that you actually begin to invite, you know, if that's the word, the most, you, you build up relationships with people where actually you're, you're together. You know, you're, you're not, you're not having to go, oh, no. I mean, it's not where you're ringing up people every day going, oh, I feel shit or, you know, I'm feeling really anxious. You know, can you just be, you know, it's not like a Good Samaritan's helpline. But what I'm saying is you can, you can go, I know how you feel, Roy. I, kn I know how you feel. I know exactly how you feel. I've been there. Yeah, I felt a bit like that the other, the other week, actually. And you're not embarrassed to talk about the moon energy, which you and I were talking about, you know, that, that can impact me greatly and doesn't mean the person has to understand it really sorry guys if you're listening my phones you know i i love to be in that sort of environment where you're not looked at like what because i think people think that you've got to have feathers in your hair and be walking around in you know a loincloth and smoking a sage stick you know to to realize you're spiritual i'm deeply spiritual I, I truly believe we move on to other places when we pass. I don't know where, but I I have all of these beliefs. I, I have a deep connection to nature. I talk to bloody trees. You know, I look at the way trees move. I listen to the way trees creak and the way the leaves rustle. And, you know, my husband's there is a real sort of alpha male and ex-sportsman. You know, he's now a radio presenter and he 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 sort of understands me but i know he's like come on we need to get back and i'm there videoing a tree sort of creaking and i said the tree's talking to us we need to be here we need to it's communicating with us and i'm sure he thinks i'm losing my marbles and ha have you read the hidden life of threes no but i know somebody else has mentioned that book because i like i read about 100 books a year and i was in a group which is rare because you know not everybody would read much but i was in a group where there was two others that were reading similar amounts and i asked them what was the best book and they both said that book so then i obviously got it straight away what's and it's best, what's your best book ever i think every book has something yeah, you know yeah. I, like dale carnegie for communicating with people there's, there's just different ones like at the moment now i'm really enjoying a judge anna von wright's on common law because i don't like the corruption that's going on in the world and i'm trying to stay, i mean that's what my podcast the awakening is about fighting the corruption yeah. and i'm seeing how can it be done and it looks like every single thing that was done against us is intentional there's so much fraud going on and she is actually giving ways of doing it and when you look at our videos and everything you can say this one is decent she's really trying to help people whereas you come across others in similar boats there's a lot of common law people and they're just in it for the money they're just trying to sell merchandise and they're not really helping people and yeah. so like i have a lot of I, i'm after reading seven books on common law at the moment so it depends wow. and i reread like i just re reread emit 
um, revisited. I enjoy that. Um, I had the Blue Ocean. So I like business books and I like, you know, just totally, it depends how I feel. I'm reading um, uh, What Really Makes You Ill by Don Lester and I forget the other guy, but they spent 10 years researching on health and I am learning so much on that. So just constantly reading different things, but I will reread books that I love. Yeah, I'm like that. And I mean, my I, I'm much better. Um, I do love the feel of a paper book. You know, I, I just think to have a book in your hands and turn the page and but I'm much more, you know, I think when I'm busy, I'm I'm better. I do find audible. I'm a bit of an audible um, junkie as well. So, you know, if I'm out walking the dogs and I think, OK, well, you know, a lot of the time I like to walk in, in silence, but Sometimes I think, no, I'm going to just, I want to learn a bit more about that. And I follow a lot of good breath teachers and some of the best in the world, because there's always something I'm going to learn from these guys. And, you know, I'll tune in and while I'm on a walk. So Audible, I find, you know, really, really useful. I think the biggest thing I've learned throughout my journey, if you want to call it that, and I don't know whether, you know, it stems back from what you just said about the more we open ourselves up, the more other people it's almost like they feel that they've got they've got permission or you know that the gate has opened and you know Brené Brown I love her because her work is all about vulnerability and you know um you know just just yeah just being vulnerable and people go what do you mean being vulnerable that means you you know it doesn't mean you're weeping in a corner it's just where you're taking that leap from going I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story that you won't know and it's not pretty. It's it was very painful. And this is what happened to me. But I'm trusting you with this little piece of my story. And I hope you can just share a bit of not even give me anything back, but just that you'll listen without judgment. And that to me is is so powerful. If you can just like we are, I very rarely talk about the fact I was in hospital because there was so much fear for me at that time you know I thought what's happening to me I'm so tough I've been through this this and this I've had a baby while my husband's away I've gone through so to crack like that was and I think people were very shocked by it and again I'll ask you the question did you find that even your nearest and dearest or friends were like you know what, what you know what are you worrying about or why are you struggling you know did you find that there, some some of your nearest and dearest found it difficult to understand I like because I'm very close to my parents, so they 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 totally understood everything as yeah. you know as I was going through it and loads of court cases and everything. I kind of kept a lot quiet at the time, to be honest, which you, you know because when when you're running a business and this everything's falling around you, you can't exactly throw it out there then because then nobody wants to if you're doing property or anything, they don't want to be buying anything off you because they think yeah it's you know so sometimes like you I had to, at the it. time. Nobody yeah. knew what was going on. I had to keep, you know, yeah. just as if everything was hunky dory, but the whole world was disappearing, falling around about me. And unfortunately, you have to do that because, not, like, if you were yeah. looking for investors or they go, oh, no, yeah. I'm there, that guy, you know, even though it has nothing to do with you or what, you know, the circumstance, it's just, it's just the way people. And, and, you know, it, and, and to me, that's, that's exhausting, isn't it? It's exhausting because I, you know, I've done it where you're like, no, 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 I can't let them sit. Yeah. You know, I used to drop the kids off at school, you know, I'm morning, you know, and you'd come home and it's like, oh, God, you know, and I just thought I'm so tired. I'm so tired of just putting on and pretending 
and pretending and pretending. But I was listening to a podcast this morning, actually, where very famous actress over here, uh, she was on uh, with Fern Cotton. She was talking about, you know, how, you know, almost the more we keep covering that up, the harder the fall comes. And when that fall comes, you know, that's when she said you almost need to push yourself to that point unintentionally. But then when you really hit that low and out of every, if you want to call it trauma or challenge or difficulty I've had, I have learned something very positive from that. Or I've gone on to move into a direction, whether it be with work or I've engaged with people, I've got to know people somehow that I felt more connected to, or I've gone on a brilliant retreat, or I've read a book that I've connected. There's something that has given me something really good from that. And I always try and share that with people who are really struggling is, you know, you won't see it now. And I'm certainly not here to try and, you know, mask over what you're feeling. But promise me, if you really have some faith out of this, it might take a long time, but you will learn a really good lesson. And you'll make changes that are much better for you because this has come to actually it, it's what i call life lessons you know because if we kept going the way we're going i'm now living in a place of much more authenticity than i ever had i, I don't feel i've got to go out every weekend i don't feel i've got to put on a set now i don't feel i've got to actually be as long as i'm kind as long as i'm not hurting anybody um you know as long as i know i'm 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 being a good person as 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 good as i possibly can be i'm not bloody perfect let me tell you that I'll be a right moo when i want to be um but you know as long as i'm being true to myself and i'm honest with people when they ask me a question like you ask me any question i'll give you an honest answer because i think now one of the good things especially over the last 18 months is you know we're all feeling much more comfortable about talking about things like this. And I think that is only going to be a positive thing for anyone out there. If there's one person beyond this discussion who listens to this and they're going through a really shit time, who goes, oh, my God, OK, well, she sounds quite confident. Because I always go, oh, you're really confident. You're really funny. Yeah, that that is sort of my personality. But underneath that, there's also these many other layers to me. You know, I see a dog knocked over in the road. I'll be thinking about that dog in a year. You know, I'll be going, oh, that poor dog. You know, I won't be thinking of it every day. But I, it sinks into every cell of my body. So I've really had to learn how to always protect that energy as well. And I feel that by doing the work I'm doing is also very healing for me. Doing this work like I'm doing with you now, having these conversations, sharing experiences. This is all part of my healing. This to me is just as good as having a therapy session because I'm engaging with somebody I can engage with who's giving me an honest side of their story as well. You know, they're not talking about what they bought at the supermarket or designer watch or, you know, to me, that's all, you know, we're having a proper meaty conversation and that is what stimulates me and, and actually nourishes my soul. And that's what I want in my life. Like you, you mentioned that uh, you know that you you might think at the time this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Like 
with me when I went through that, you know, my houses were taken off me. I had investment properties, loads of different things. I was looking because I, you know, I was doing well and I was looking to make like say 5 million euro. And I ended up being personally responsible for 5 million because I was the president of a load of different companies. All the investors just ran for the hill and left me holding the crime baby. And at the time, yeah, it went bad, but it's the best thing that's ever happened to me because no, I totally appreciate life. I mean, I'm outside now grounding myself, constantly going around in bare feet, like yeah. looking at butterflies. You're talking about the trees. I'm the same. I'm looking at the trees. Just I'm just, you know, watching a bird, watching yeah. everything and just so connected. And I'm a hundred times in a better place than yeah. when I thought all oh, life is good, driving the nice car, doing anything like that. And it's not. It's So sometimes you might think the worst thing in your life, it turns out to be the best thing. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, we are, uh, I'm, I always say we are nature and we've, we've lost through the years of technology and all of the, the, the access, you know, the, the, the um, sort of, you know, the availability of whatever we want, you know, we press a button, we've got it within a few hours delivered to our door. Don't get me wrong at times. I blooming love that, but generally, you know, I like to have to graph for things a little bit, you know, I like, you know, I remember at the beginning of lockdown, you know, I said to my husband, you know, I was doing all this sort of inner work and, you know, the breathing stuff and really getting in touch with my body and, and trying to really connect the two back together because there was no external noise. Nobody could go anywhere. It was like we'd had a huge dumping of snow. Everywhere was quiet outside. We had to do everything ourselves at home. You know, there was nobody able to come into the house. So it's like, right, we had rotors set up. We didn't know whether we'd be able to get food on the table because, you know, it was like literally everyone was charging to the supermarkets and buying a million toilet rolls. Don't know why, but you've got running water. Didn't really quite ever get that, yeah, um, right. you know, and bags of rice and, you know, very odd. Um, but for me, I sort of, I loved it because I, I, I sort of, and that's why I think I sort of, maybe if I'd been here in another life, it was taking me back to a past life where it was like, We've got to really work for it. I've got to plant the seeds in the ground and really. So I was really thriving on the fact that we've got to work hard for the food we put on our table. We've really got to graft here and get, you know, go back to basics. Let's put our phones down. And we were doing things like, you know, engaging together in the evening and getting out our old ball games. And so I miss, I'm mourning a little bit of that now because I, I almost didn't want lockdown to finish. You know, I wanted the, the trauma for people to stop. I wanted the tragedy to stop. I wanted the virus to stop. But I loved the way my life had sort of fallen into this simple, just the external noise stopped for me the minute lockdown came. And I, I'm really trying to hold on to that. And I think, as I say, going back to the breath, it's that keeps me very present instead of, you know, and it doesn't always work. As I say, you know, there's no one size fits all and there's no one fix for anyone as, as complex as me, I guess, but I use all different things, you know, but the breath is my one staple that if I can feel my mind racing and racing and racing, I'll go, okay, you need to just spend 10 minutes just sitting and whether it's in the garden or somewhere quiet and connect back again. And like you say, ground yourself back down into the earth. 
I'm you know, say it. Wim Hof because it's been a few years ago. I actually met him. He he's a he's a very him. funny guy. He's a, yeah, he's, he's cooler. But like it was in Jamaica that I did it, so it was in a like a jacuzzi covered with ice. So then you're coming out and it's 30 degrees. So it's not the same thing. But you might let people know the Wim Hof method that don't don't know about it. Yeah, I mean, he's um, so he I mean, a lot of his uh, the work I've done of his is very much a strong breath, um, isn't it? You know, his is very I guess you'd call it, you know, it's quite hyperventilating. But when I say that, it's not to scare people. It's just it's a very strong breath. Um, uh sort of cycle where you do so for example i will do nearly 40 minutes of of that so you're doing sort of 30 inhales and exhales in and out the mouth so his is a lot of in and out the mouth work and then on the last exhale you literally you know you pause and people are like wow that's hard because actually you're you're holding your breath with no air so you've literally pushed all the air out the body and then your timing you set a timer and then you feel literally the sensations it's like a high you know because then what you're doing is you're cutting off the oxygen and then all of this chemistry is happening in the body which is you know very stimulating so you are stimulating your sympathetic nervous system when when you're going through this process because we're getting very similar feelings to you know the adrenaline's coming in we're going into a bit of what would be fight or flight but you're not scared it's because you're in this state of you know, you're controlling that breath hold. And then you might get to two minutes, you might get to one minute, you might get to 30 seconds. And then you, when you feel your brain is saying you need to get some air in, big inhale, and then you hold for like 15 seconds, full of air. And then you just let it go. And it's like, oh man, you know, man, I feel like I've been hit. You know, it's just, it's such a buzz. And then you do another cycle, then another cycle. And it was so encouraging because you notice it's it's not necessarily about, you know, I think a lot of people might get drawn into the fact that, oh, I can hold my breath for three or four minutes, you know, sort of the, you know, you've exhaled, you, you hold the breath. No, it isn't about that. And that's what he will always say. You could get someone doing it for eight minutes, but if they're not getting that feeling, you know, that feeling in the body of just that, mm, that, that buzz, then, you know, it doesn't matter how long you hold the breath for. So, I did get a little bit hooked on that and loved it. But then what he does, and I do this with my breath work, is you never do a strong breath uh, cycle and not finish it with bringing the body back down into a state of homeostasis, which is balanced. So, you know, you, you can sort of get the body going as you would in the gym. So you go on a running machine, your heart gets pumping, you're full of life, you're feeling like you can take the world on. You really should always warm down after you've done that. Not everybody does, and you should have a bit of a stretch. It's the same with the breath, you know. So if you're going to do the hard breath stuff or or really stimulating, always spend like 10 minutes just going in and out the nose. So go back in, in and out through the nose to really bring the body back into balance because nasal breathing is very good for integrating and enhancing our parasympathetic nervous system. So with, with Wim Hof, especially, you're really bringing up the adrenaline but then he's so good. He'll go, right, we've really activated the body, but now we're going to bring you back down. He'll never say charge off the mat when you're in in that sort of fantastic euphoria. He brings you back down into that beautiful state of, so you've been charged up, but then you're just coming back into this beautiful state of peacefulness. And, and then you go and jump in a lovely cold shower and get hooked up again. But he's, I, I love him. and and. 
you know, and I always like to talk about him and in, in the work that I do because I credit him for getting me into this mainly, you know, and it's not just the breath, it's him as a person, it's his story. It's, you know, he's, he's had a seriously bloody hard time. You know, if you read his, but you know, he lost his wife to suicide and had four kids and, you know, and I just think, do you know, what? I bloody love him. And I was due to come out and do his retreat in Poland this year. Because uh, I said, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it in the hardest conditions. So I'm going to come out. I'm booking on to come and do it early next year because I want to do the whole mountain trek in a vest top as hard as it is. And um, so, yeah, that is on my little tick list of life. But you're, I'm very envious that you've met him because I am. I do have a slight um, sort of, you know, breath crush on Wim Hof. I love him. He's a he's a lovely guy, and I mean, I didn't do the training with him in Poland, and I I had planned on doing it, but it just the dates didn't work out. But I've I had, like this year for the first time I started doing in the lakes, going into the lakes. I don't know about I don't know, six or eight times. First time was harsh uh, because there was a, a real chill, so it was minus eleven centigrade. But with the chill, I think it was like nearly twenty. And normally you don't oh. have a you don't have wind much in Poland, but this one time, the first time I'd done it. So I, I know I was driving home, my hands were shaking and everything. But oh. after that, after that, it was grand. Yeah. It's like, I'm in there. But I'm like, I mean, we do it for about 10 minutes. And I'm like, I yeah. can stay here a lot longer than this. And like, I just do the breathing. I'm just breathing yeah. away. And, but it's amazing. There's so many people that are doing it. It's like, it, especially it was during this funny times that we're living through now. But it was like, you're back to normal because there was just a bundle of people there. There was 200, 300 people. And there's constantly people going into the water, people just yeah. taking pictures, kids there. Everyone's just having fun. And, yeah. you know, and your body you, feels alive, doesn't oh, it? Oh, you, yeah, so you it's so that, much you, energy. Yeah, yeah and you, you do, you get that sting, you know, you get that. And so you get that initial, <gasps> wow, you know, to put it politely, wow. Um, and I'm very much right. Just, you know, do a bit of breathing before you go in, but I'm, I have to get in quick. You know, I, I can't be putting my toe in because if I take more time, my brain's going to start playing tricks on me. But, you know, I, when it's really cold, I might do two, three minutes, you know, and then I'm like, okay, you know, especially if I'm on my own, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to get out now. Yeah, it's, it's, but you see, when you've got other people, you're motivating each other. Plus the very first time I'd done it, the person that encouraged me to do it was just having a conversation because, I mean, it was shock and they were just talking away to me. But what they really were doing was distracting me from the actual, (laughs) you know, freezing myself off. <laughs> and the funny thing is, because I was in there and I was like running on the spot, and people were keep keep your hands over your hand. And I, I had a short pants on, and because I was running, my short pants fell off. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually I had to put my hands under the water to pull my hands. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I think people in that environment they they embrace it all. Yeah. I, I just think, you know, hey, we're you know, we're going back to nature. So I think whatever happens, you know, happens. But you know, I I love it. I go lake swimming here, but it's it's quite it's not warm, but it's um I'm I'm doing it now. And then in the winter I, I do tend to don a bit of a wetsuit, but um, you know, call me a wimp. But I, I love it. And and do you know what I really feel encouraged by is that it's becoming so popular and I think I do think we are getting somewhere with with coming away from the external and, and things and material and matter and, and I, I really my hope is that that continues. It's never going to be, a, it's not going to be a quick fix. 
But I think even the simplest of things like you and I talking, you know, and having these lovely, beautiful, open conversations and all these other, you know, wonderful, you know, books and audible things. And the fact people are just feeling less judged is a healing modality for people, you know, and, and, you know, being able to say, I love outdoor swimming in a bloody lake and, you know, not really giving a hoot what people think, you know, I think, just be you. We've got one shot at this life. I said it yesterday, you know, to somebody, you have one life, you have to live your life for you. Just don't hurt people. But make sure that you, you do, you know, love the people you love, but make sure that you are authentically you. And you're not just constantly doing things for other people or to please others. You know, look after your own energy as well. And I, I learned that the hard way. But, um, and I speak from from my own experiences. So doesn't mean turn into somebody selfish it just means you know do do the, the the things that you love and that is for me very simple things now very simple so the thing is like a lot of people whether they were doing lsd or i know a lot of people that do the ayahuasca and everything mm. like i don't know what the long-term effect on ayahuasca i know loads of people are doing the ayahuasca oh and yeah everything. i know yeah yeah but the thing is with the breath work you get so much visualizations and I don't think people realize that when you do it properly and you've got, you know, a good uh, facilitator, you can see amazing things, stuff that you have never seen in your life. And you're like, what is this about? And you just feel amazing afterwards. Yeah, you do. You, it it is like a natural high. My breath teacher who, who, um, you know, who I did the course with, you know, he said, you know, all of that work is incredible because it is like having a, a, you know, drug. You know, you go on a natural high, but it's always very important to come back down and and bring the body back before you go rushing off. Because, you know, it's it's the breath work is also incorporated with, you know, bringing ourselves into a place of stillness. You know, so it isn't just about sitting on a mat and, and breathing. It's about creating space inside to actually do some self exploration as to what you might be needing at the moment so if i know i'm not breathing properly i know that i'm out of sync there's something i'm rushing around too much or my mind's too busy or i haven't eaten as well as i should have or i haven't exercised you know there's something out of balance so it's a really good communicator but it takes time for people to develop that awareness and that connection but it does come it's just a few minutes of practice I, i i learned something the other day um, from a, a brilliant breath worker over here. And she said, you know, 60% of our lymphatic system is underneath our diaphragm. So by really breathing into our abdomen, you know, really expanding our belly, because so often we're told, pull your belly in, aren't we? You know, keep, you know, don't let your belly look big. You know, we've, so often we're walking around. I'm not, but, you know, a lot of people are so busy trying to make their bellies look fat, you know, lovely and gorgeous and slim. So instantly, just by doing that, we're not bringing the air in. So by really expanding out the, the diaphragm, we're, we're automatically sort of massaging this lymphatic system, which is part of our, you know, that's how we detox. That's how we clear out all the, the shit from the pipes, basically. So, you know, there's so many benefits, you know, the way our body is going to function better, you know, just biologically that's then going to connect to the mind. It helps the gut. It helps the immune system, helps blood pressure, sleep, anxiety, but it takes practice and it's a few minutes. And by breathing in and out, 
to the count of six, just really smoothly in and out through the nose, just for like two, three minutes a day, you can literally drain out the cortisol and the adrenaline, you know, so if you get really stressed and you can feel the pins and needles coming on or the anxiety or the panic, if you could just sit for a few minutes, for some people, it might be a bit more just simple. Just remember six, six in and out through the nose, really pulling the belly out, shut down the eyes if you can. And it's safe to do so. Cause then I think you're shutting out external noise. You can, you can clear out those hormones that you don't need in your system just by doing that. And that is a fact. So, you know, there, there's so much. And I think it's going to take just a lot of talks like this for people to sort of almost engage in it. And it's, it's, it's a bit of a niche thing at the moment. And I think, you know, but I think the more people just give themselves that few minutes to dig in deep and try it, you know, and I think you and I talked, didn't we? I'd love to do a session on your other, you know, so that they can experience, you know, a little bit of what I do. I'd love the opportunity to do that because I do take people on a little bit of a journey when I do my breath work as well. So visualization is very important for some people. And, you know, when you were on about the gut as well, like, cause you know, I think the, like the intuition and the gut feeling and everything, it's all connected. And also people think everything is in the head between the heart and the gut and, you know, everything that you're eating as well, but just the whole breathing, the whole lot is connected. And that's why you, you know, like sometimes you just, this doesn't feel right. Listen to your body. Yeah, I mean, the, the gut is, is, I think the gut is almost more important than the brain sometimes, you know, it's, it's, but they're so closely connected. And, you know, it's all the old cliche sayings, isn't it? You know, like just, you know, if someone's getting, you would always say, just breathe. Okay, well, that's what we're all doing now. You know, we're, we're now actually doing conscious breathing. We're not just chucking that out like a lighthearted statement to try and calm, you know, but you look at top athletes, you look at people before they go in and do big presentations, what are they doing? You know, they're not hitting a vodka bottle or an arrowasca, they're, they, you know, or whatever to get high. They're going, okay, so that's enough evidence. That's all I need to do to convince you. What do you do? You see big CEO of a business and next, I want to try and get into businesses as well. And they're some of the hardest markets to tackle because, you know, these are real corporate you know, bigwigs who, you know, don't have time to really engage, you know, they're, they're chasing all the time and they're busy. Okay. Well, I'll ask you the question. How do you prepare for a meeting? Well, obviously you do all your work and your research, but before you step in that room, if you're bricking it, how do you prepare? Do you, do you, do you become aware of how you're breathing? Generally 90% of them will say yes, unless they're super, super fluent and confident. So let's all do it. And it's free. I always chuck that in, it's free. You know, I'm putting myself out of business here, but you know, it is, get it right. It's free, you only need me to give you a little bit of teaching, you know, it's, and that's not what I'm in it for. I love the work and it's, it's been good for me, so. Yeah, when you see somebody, you know, just overcome anything, or sometimes you see people getting releases, but just on the breeding there between the business sense and everything, what I've noticed with a lot of people, like with smoking, so a lot of the people that are smoking, they think smoking relaxes me. And I keep telling them it's not. It's because you're actually breathing. Do you ever breathe? I said, pretend you have a cigarette and do the exact same thing. You yeah. will get you get a better feeling because you're not the toxins inside you. Yeah. And that's what people are doing. They, they believe that smoking actually relaxes them. But in reality, you're going. It's the habit. 
Yeah, it's, and it's, it, they're getting yeah. more oxygen than they ever did, even though through a cigarette. But if they can just remove the cigarette and do the same breathing just for yeah. five minutes or 10 minutes every time they decide to have a, a smoking break, yeah. they'll actually, yeah. I had a I heard something about that, and it's where they 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 sort of did a proper, you know, sort of delve into that scientifically, or they did a psychology, you know, sort of analysis on that on people. And they they got to the conclusion that it was about literally just that movement of where the brain was going, just I need that. It didn't so much need the fag or the cigarette, it just wanted that movement and that habitual, you know, the lighting of it was just the brain had just connected a very unhealthy uh connection to that physical cigarette. But it wasn't really that's a bit like the sort of placebo, isn't it? Mm another fascinating thing you know we could go off on a tangent over but it is the mind is super powerful the gut's super powerful but i think we all need to become more aware that we're a lot more capable of healing medicine certainly does have it play has it have its place and it's certainly helped me with things but but our bodies are so much more capable of looking after ourselves as well we just need to engage with them a bit more and create a closer bond with it Okay. And when you're doing your sessions, then how long do you typically spend or do you, does it vary? But if you're doing like, say, a workshop where you've got a group of people, how long do you typically spend with people? An, an hour. You know, I mean, if somebody comes at home where I've got a studio, I'll do, um, you know, because I, I like to build a relationship. So we'll do like a 15 minute chat before so I can find out what they really need, you know, and then we'll just sort of go into a nice immersion. So maybe an hour, hour and 15 if they come to the house. If I do stuff remotely, it's an hour, you know, and then if I do studio sessions, it depends because I do yoga nidra as well. Have you ever done that? Um, so that is a very ancient form of, it's a bit like a body scan. So it's where you take people on a journey where they're turning their sort of focus to their shoulder, arm, you know, so it's, it's, um, that takes people on a, a lovely sort of trip as well so um if i'm throwing that in that'll be about an hour and a half so we'll do breath and then finish off with yoga nidra so um but you know studio work over here is still pretty quiet because it's people are still feeling pretty anxious about moving into spaces together so um the remote stuff is is working and it does work well people think it won't but if you get your sound right and the you know and everything's flowing you know, and, and people are nice and relaxed at home. It, it still works really well. You know, it's proven that it's, um, people are really benefiting from it. So, you know, and it's lovely work to do remotely, but to actually have the physical being in front of you is, is good because then you can really feel into their energy and their body as well. And you're more hands-on. I suppose it's, it's, it's actually ideal for the person that's really anxious because some people, they, you know, they get terrified going out in public spaces. So, you know, to, do it online for them because they're comfortable in their own home. Mm. You know, it, it, they could actually get releases of why they're so afraid. You know, something, some trauma yeah, might yeah. when they were younger. Yeah, and I and I always say, you know, the, the the more so if it's like an evening session, you know, I I will always encourage them. I say, turn your video off. You know, mute mute your sound. Put your earpods in and just let yourself go. You don't have to come on at the end. If you feel you're still awake and you want to just have a chat or talk to me about anything, I'll be I'll hang around. But otherwise, just switch off. If it's an energizing session, then obviously to begin with, you you know they're a bit more in the room, and I like to see that they're doing the technique properly. 
Um, but then you have the other side where people actually like to have just touch, you know, so just a simple where you might just have your hand on their head. I know I'm very much like that. I just sort of completely let go. Um, and then just to sort of have your hands on their belly and, and then I do some sort of cranial work as well, because I've done physiology and anatomy. So that's another little string in my bow. So I can add some sort of massage and Indian head massage and stuff. So, you know, you, you've got, it's there for everybody. You know, I can tailor make it for whatever suits the person. So it works, you know, it works quite well. I can take it everywhere with me. Yeah. Poland. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come and see you when I come and rip off. Oh, I'll def- be a block of ice. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. No, but hey, you must uh, you must do whether we have something that we record and share with people because I think the more because what I'm finding is that like I know a lot of I've done I don't know maybe eight different people is it's great doing it when you like it but to be able to do it when you want to do it because sometimes you you're in the mood for it and I think if we can have some sort of record especially like that's why I was saying as well just to get to know you you know just having the conversation because then people can kind of Oh, I like this person, you know, and it, it it just makes you feel safer when you're doing the breath work that you, you kind of feel, oh, I know her, I feel connected to her, and then you're more relaxed, and then you're more open to it working better. Yeah, and I mean, we all connect to different people, don't we? Because, yeah. we, you know, we're all individuals, and, and I do go very much on the person. You know, if I, if I feel that connection, then I'm going to turn to their work probably more than the person who does similar work but my energy is not being drawn to the personality and I think you know I've always said as I began this journey into this work I'm never going to be other anything other than me because I'll slip up we'll all slip up if we try and be anything so people will either love me for me and connect and you know and I love people so I think if you love people then you know what you give out you get back so you know half of it is the job but the other half is the person to me in this sort of work because you could be the best breath worker in the world but if you've got zero going on in your heart and in your head for people do you know what you aren't going to get my business i don't care how good you are at actually doing the practice so to me the 50 50 are just as important so i really hope you know i i will i'll um well we'll talk beyond this and i'll um i'll sort something that you can put up on you know, onto one of your um, wonderful platforms. And yeah, I just advise people, you know, if they're listening now, if you do it, I'll probably do a really nice, deep relaxation one. Chill out, tell everybody to leave you alone, go to a quiet room, lay in a nice cozy bed or on a sofa, put a lovely eye mask on and ear pods in and just relax. And, you know, don't feel guilty for doing it and do it as much as you can. And don't feel guilty. You know, because we've all got to look after ourselves. Exactly. And that's, that's the thing a lot of people do. They feel guilty for doing that. They feel I should be doing something else or I should be, you know, whether working or I should be cleaning. Or I should be doing. No, look after yourself. You said it's wonderfully there. Like yeah. you should just spoil yourself. Ourselves. Yeah. I know when I haven't looked after myself. Well, I broke, <laughs> you know, breakdown twice in my life that's happened. So that's my lesson. And I just think, and what good am I to anybody if I'm like that? So, yeah, don't get me wrong. The sabotage still comes in. You know, the monster on my shoulder will still come in and go, you've not done enough today because I'm an A-type personality. I'm an achiever. I'm a a doer, a sorter. 
if I have a day where I think, like today even, I thought, right, once I've spoken to Roy, I'm like, I watch a movie this afternoon. I've had a really busy week, really busy weekend. I never, ever sit and watch TV in the day, on a weekday, even on a weekend. And then I, the voice comes in, you know, doesn't it? That, that, the monkey on your shoulder, can't, you can't do that. That's what really sad people do. And you're not achieving it. And now I thought, no, I can. I can. I've done a day's work already today. Not, and even if I hadn't, it doesn't matter. You know, I've had a great chat with Roy. I'm feeling content. So, you know, and it's, it's lovely. And do you know what? I'd love to come on again because I've really enjoyed, you know, just, I think it's so nice being able to see a face and, and, you know, a face can tell a million stories, can't it? You know, it's very different when we're texting and I hate all that. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I think it's wonderful what you're doing. Keep it up, you know, and I'd love to keep in touch. And, you know, if there's anything you can think of, I mean, I could, as you can see, I love to talk. Um, if there's anything, you know, there's so much more I could talk about. So, you know, we can explore that behind the scenes together and, you know, maybe go on to a different subject of things that I've tried and it's helped. So you might let people know how they can find you because obviously a lot will want to follow up. Come and find me, yes. So I'm on Instagram, um, so at breathingtree21. So at breathingtree21. Um, so, and yeah, my name's Anna Goff, but Instagram is my big platform and I'm just taking on some really great guys who are going to sort of develop a bit of a brand and make my page look a bit more professional. And, um, there'll be a lot of content going up on there and complimentary stuff and facts and bits and bobs and, and bits about me. Cause I think I don't want it to just be, um, just images of breath patterns and things. I think it's really important people get to know the person as well you know, my life, my dogs and hamsters, guinea pigs, all of that. <laughs> the talking tree, that's on there, Roy. You need to follow the talking tree I spoke to. But um, no, it's been wonderful. I've really enjoyed it. Thank so, you very much, um, Yeah, And I'll make sure I put all the links so I get all the other ones as well. I put them in the podcast description as well as the video when I'm putting up the video. All as right, well. my loves. And everyone look after yourselves if you're listening. And I send you all my love. Thank you very much. So that's all for the meditation podcast. You'll find all our episodes on meditationpodcast.org. And as mentioned, the other uh, podcasts that I've got can all be found on rycolin.com. Be sure to give us a five-star rating, a thumbs up, share with your friends. Until next week, take care.